experiences traveling up your spine to the top of your cerebral cortex as we get to activate the super intelligence in your brain as while we explore the principles of hermetic philosophy and law with my guest, Positively Angela. Angela is a narrator, content creator, and I call her the Oracle. Angela graduated traditional Chinese medicine school in 2014, where she studied acupuncture, cupping, um, herbal medicine. But what truly captured her attention was the way that medicine is applied in a physical, mental, and psychological level. Angela became fascinated by the seven hermetic principles, which state that there's a fundamental connection between the physical and spiritual worlds that govern all creation. So this became the center focus of her life and helping people understand this better. Angela, welcome to HXP. Oh, it is such a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. You are like, like sometimes we find like diamonds that just like gems that people just don't know enough about yet. And you are, you are that, that diamond that, that I found. Cause I just, I, I love your work. I love, I love your energy. I love the, like that, that wisdom, the wisdom that you have. And, and, you know, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into this work and let's, let's lay the groundwork. Let's lay a foundation. Well, how I got into it was curiosity because my grandpa was ill at the time. He had diabetes. And I thought, eh, there has to be another way. And so I looked at naturopathy, homeopathy, all those things I looked at. And then I came across traditional Chinese medicine, TCM. And I thought, oh, well, this seems to fit every aspect. And so I signed up for school because originally I did want to be a midwife. A midwife because, you know, <laughs> why not? It was something that I was always passionate about, but we didn't offer that program in my city. And so I signed up to take TCM, traditional Chinese medicine. And in the first year, I was completely hooked because, yeah, they may be textbook things and it's over 5,000 years old, but there was something about it that compelled me. So I looked up Confucius, Lao Tzu, all those people. But then I found Hermes, Thoth, or Thoth, depending on your <laughs> semantics. <laughs> but I found him and his emerald tablets, and I started to read them, and I was like, oh, well, this applies to what I'm learning. And uh, one of our texts, um, the Treaties of Warm Diseases, with Huang Di, he made one statement that profoundly changed me, and that was the beginning of this journey. He said, a doctor cannot heal the body. You must heal the mind. And when I read that statement, I was like, say, what now? What, what, what do you mm -hmm. mean? Mm -hmm. And so that's how I ended up here because it was the most fascinating thing. And so that's what it was sheer curiosity. Right. Just an eagerness to learn. But mind you, that was always on my report card as a small child chatting, like talks too much in class and always ask too many questions. Seriously, those two <laughs> sentences were on my report card. So I see now why they fit so well, right? It was paving the way for, for this. So that's what got me into traditional Chinese medicine. And at the end of the day, 
that's what got me right here with these principles. And I didn't, I had them memorized. And it was just lately, uh, 2018, 19, that Mm -hmm. I said, okay, let's apply. Let's apply what I know. And I went back and I picked up the Kabbalion. I picked up the Hermeticum because he wrote them. And so that's where I am right now. Yeah, I I absolutely love it. I mean, you're 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 full of of just just what I what I appreciate you about about you the most is how consistent you are and your constancy. Like, I mean, like the the sun rises every day, right? But we don't, you know, we don't really think about like, oh, okay, the sun is going to rise. Is it going to rise? Like we we never never question that and 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 you know, it takes a lot to be on this show. Like we bring on world-renowned guests and and so it 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 your your consistency your constancy the the way that you just teach um every single day you do this every day and it and I think I think the instant that I met you like I I really just felt that that connection with you and you know so so I can't wait to 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 dig into the the hermetic principles and the law here like so why don't we why don't we do that why don't you tell us what what the hermetic principles are. All right. The hermetic principles, there are seven in total. Truthfully, there's only one. There's only one. The law of mentalism. The universe creation. The all is mind. That is the principle that everything is based upon. The second principle, correspondence. As within, so without. As above, so below. Now we have vibration. Everything vibrates, nothing stands still. And it vibrates between two poles, polarity, between two things that are the same in nature. They look to be opposite. And the only reason why they are opposite is because one is on the left and one is on the right. Example, love and hate. They are not different. It is just a matter of vibration. Love moves faster than hate does. Just like sound and light are the same. Light moves faster than sound. So it vibrates faster. Sound vibrates slower. After the law of polarity, we now have the law of rhythm because the two things that are moving, when you move through those two things in polarity, you create a rhythm, an ebb and a flow. We see this in nature. We have the lunar cycle. We have seasons. That is the law of rhythm. Then we have the law of causation. Every cause has an effect, but every effect does have its cause. And finally, the law of gender. Not to be confused with man, woman, boy, girl, but gender. To be masculine is to project a thought into your own subconscious mind. The subconscious mind is feminine because it receives information it does not discriminate it doesn't judge it just takes in the information those are the seven principles we'll break them down you see you know xavier you had dr bruce lipton on and he i learned about him in my first year of school and i and i did buy his book the biology of belief because he uses these seven hermetic principles from a scientific perspective right and so when i listened to that podcast i was like oh That's the raw science, you know, because he tested the science of it. And that's what I 
because when you mentioned the caliber of people you have on, I wanted to pay respect to that because that was the first person that I had heard about that practiced the scientific part of the hermetic principles, even though people may sometimes think, well, well, that's, that's just woo woo. That's, that's just philosophy. But the philosophy, the thought is manifest in the science. So that's why as within, so without correspondence, you have the thought, you have those seven principles and the expression or the corresponding expressions would be the science. So that's, We'll break them down, but I give it back to you because those Good. are the seven principles. Yeah, yeah, I really, really do want to break them down. I mean, I, can we can we get more of an understanding of like the history of of these hermetic principles? I because I know I know they come from um, ancient Greek, uh, this the ancient Greek text called the the Emerald Tablets of of Toth, and um, you know, so so there's. And, and like I said in the introduction, that these these principles are based on the idea that there's a fundamental connection between our physical world and the spiritual world, and that by understanding these laws and having them having having them sort of practiced, you can more connect to your reality. You can ha- you can put your will into reality. Yes. Indeed you can. So we'll, we'll start with mentalism and, and the history of it, because you mentioned the history. Now, I think the number is 36,000 years, but we'll go back. Thoth, or Thoth, Hermes, he was given these seven principles because he used to, he, he had a curiosity, he wanted to know more. And so he was summoned. Now, this is where people get lost sometimes and they think, oh, well, that's, that's just the story. That's what they, they want to tell you. But if you go back, I'll tell you why it isn't. So he was summoned by the nine because it's Egyptian. The Greeks copied it. Hmm. It all started there with because he taught the Egyptians. He was the scribe. So he was summoned by the nine. The nine were not. They were formed, but formless. The paradox. And so they told him. This is how creation happens. Here are these principles, and I want you to write them down and teach them to people. That was his missive. He was instructed to do it because he was so passionate about learning. And so he started to teach people, and this is why you have that rise of such, uh, it's called hermetic principles. You have that rise of knowledge in the Egyptian times. And the only reason truly why it fell into darkness is because people forgot the principles because the crusades happened and the church took over and they buried the information because they wanted one thing monotheism they just wanted one and that's what happened and that's why the hermetic principles went into obscurity hmm. right and so someone asked me the other day like well is that just like believing the Bible? You're believing fiction? <laughs> and I said, how can you call it fiction? If you go outside and I say to you, plant this seed, plant an acorn. Mm-hmm. Before you plant the acorn, you know exactly what you're going to get. An oak tree. Mm-hmm. As within, so without. You cannot plant the apple seed and get 
an oak tree. Sure. That's not possible. It would be contrary to law. So now when you look at the rhythm, the lunar cycle, the feminine cycle, well, the female body cycle, that's a rhythm. There's an ebb and a flow that happens, a receding and a moving forward, an advancement. So mm-hmm. you can't say, well, well that, that's woo-woo, that's not real. It's everywhere. And what we don't see is we see how majestic things are in nature. We see how ordered they are in nature. But nobody digs beyond that because those seven principles govern all that you see. They have to follow the principles, including us. And we do them blindly. We do them. We follow them blindly. Because if you think about it, if you are sitting on the couch and you say, ooh, a thought crosses your mind and it says you feel like, and you you say, ooh, I really would love some, and you get up and you go and you get it. Everything starts with a thought. That's why they say the universe is a mental creation. And another question that people always ask is, well, why do they tell you that the world we live in isn't real? If I stub my toe, it hurts. I'm like, yes. If you stub your toe, it will hurt you because you have senses to interpret from your body because you're in a body. Mm-hmm. So when you when you use them, and I'll teach you how to use them because it's actually quite fun okay. um, to practice. It really, really is fun to practice. Um, but you see what happened is now we live in a world where everything right now, the, the catchphrase is law of attraction. You got to bring in that money. You got to do this. You got to do that. That is, oh my word, 2% of it. That is 2%. Without a proper understanding of how the principles work, a lot of people get frustrated in, in quote unquote trying to manifest when it is something you do naturally. You don't have to try to do it. It is a byproduct of where you put your focus and attention, your mm-hmm. mental capacity. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it makes perfect sense. It, it makes a lot of sense, especially when you relate, like when you plant a seed and you, let's say if you have an apple seed, you put it in the ground, um, you know, you there, there are principles that, that govern that. And I mean, you, you wouldn't get an oak, you wouldn't get an oak tree from an apple seed. And and so it it just, it makes a lot of, it makes a lot of sense to me. Um, you know, is it, so, I mean, I think you were explaining it a little bit, but what is the way in which these principles relate to each other? Because are they all connected? They're, they're all connected. There, that's why I say there's only one and which is. The all is mind. The universe is a mental creation. That is the only principle there is truly. But the other six will tell you how that one works. Mm. That's what it's what that's what those six in essence are doing. And you can't separate them because even if you say, you know what, I'm going to practice cause and effect. Well, you have to have a thought. Which is the cause to create the effect. But if you don't know what the cause is, meaning if you don't know what to do. You can go to the other side, which is the effect, and you can ask yourself, well, what would I like to experience instead? And that's how you'll generate the cause. You can you can go backwards and forwards because that's how the pendulum of polarity swings. Mm-hmm. But it comes down, it always comes down to what do you want? You have to be clear about that. This is why if you spend a lot of time reminiscing or complaining That seed of complaint will not bring you fruit of success. 
because you didn't plant the seed of success. You planted the seed of complaining. So the law tells you if you know the cause, you can predict the effect. So if you complain, what is the obvious thing? You're going to have more to complain about. But with us, we don't allow ourselves to be selective with our thoughts. Because how the subconscious mind works is it just takes in information. That's all it just receives without bias, without discernment. It just receives. And so we think that whatever we take in doesn't have an effect. Oh, but it does. And it, it really, truly does. Because when you go through your day, you make decisions based upon previous experience, mm-hmm. meaning a memory. So here's how you do it to real world. If you say, you know what, I'm struggling with, uh, I don't feel good enough. If you sit there and you, when you speak to yourself, because we're always thinking and speaking to ourselves, if you sit and you speak and you think, you know what, I'm not good enough. It doesn't matter what I do. Everything is, I'm useless. I have nothing to offer. That's a seed you're planting, but you didn't just plant one of those seeds. Every time you think about yourself or speak about yourself, you plant that particular seed. And when you plant that particular seed, you must reap the harvest, which means when you go out into the world, you will experience people who confirm to you what you think of yourself. So then they treat you as if you're worthless because you feel like you're worthless as within, so without. There's no way around it. So then you see how much time you spent sitting and telling yourself how not good you are? Oh, you got really good at that because it's a habit now. That is what a habit is. A habit is a thought, word, or action that you do consistently, same way every time, no deviation, and you do it naturally. Hmm. But now if I say to you, are you happy? feeling that way. The usual response is, well, no, I don't. And I say, well, then you simply need to change your thoughts. Well, that's really hard because every time I try and change, it goes back. It will go back every time because you have to learn the new way of doing it. So if you catch yourself saying, oh, I'm so useless. I can't get these things. Oh, what's the point of trying? If you say that, you've just reinforced the old way. But if you catch yourself, you say, no, I'm learning a new way to be. Now, a confident person has a particular picture. Somebody comes to mind or something comes to mind when you think of a confident person. Like, I'll give you an example. I was in a boxing class yesterday with my son. Mm-hmm. And he said, have you ever watched boxers? And it, two men came and flashed into my mind. Um, <laughs> Muhammad Ali mm-hmm. and Tyson. Mm-hmm. And as soon as he said that to me, he says, well, Muhammad Ali, he showed me his posture and he said, well, he fights in a pretty kind of a way because he's a pretty boy. He was a showman. So he has to be open. Right. But Tyson, on the other hand, when he gets in the ring, he's like a bear. He's got that growl, that bent in posture. The fists are up and the stance is secure. That is confidence. He's sure of himself. His footing is sure. And so for me now. I drew from that picture. I said, oh, I understand what you want me to do because I had a picture to emulate. So if you say, I don't know how to be confident, I don't know how to speak confident. Well, there's somebody in your memory 
because that's what we did our whole lives is take in information. There is someone somewhere in your memory that represents confidence to you. Mm-hmm. Pull up that picture. And now as an actor, because Shakespeare, the world is a stage and we're all merely players on it. You begin to imitate that stance of confidence, which is a straight shoulders, eyes are up, head is up. You make eye contact. You have a firm handshake and you smile when you meet someone because why you are sure of yourself. And the reason why, you know, you'll be successful if you adopt that stance of confidence, especially when you are tempted to go back to the, oh, but I, you know, I'm not good enough. When you're tempted to go back there because it is comfortable, it is a habit. You're sure of it. You know how it always goes. So instead of going back, you remind yourself, no, this is who I am. And that is the behavior you, you do. But you have to keep doing it. You can't stop doing it because it's not, we this, this seems like improper English, but it isn't. We don't, we don't did it. We do it. Mm-hmm. We do it. We, we move in that action and we walk in that every single day because it now becomes a new you. So you can't stop doing the new or else you go back to the old. Mm-hmm. That is how you apply it to real world settings. Does that... Yeah, Makes yeah, sense. it's absolutely fascinating. I mean, it, it, so so it's almost like a a magnetic resonance, right? So 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 as you are walking through the the world, when you talked about vibration and all is mind. I mean, when when I'm when I'm in a confident good place, it feels like people reflect that to me. When I'm in a bad negative place, it feels like people reflect that to me. So that's the law at work, right? That is the law of correspondence. As within, so without. You only get what you are. And this is why it is such a beautiful thing. You're never denied anything. How do you know you're never denied anything? You're, you're simply told in the law of correspondence, as within, so without. So if you see the way you want to be, start to act and behave like it. Over and over and over and over again. Because the outside has to match. So now, as you rehearse the new way of being, all your experiences now have to match what you see of yourself. Mm-hmm. But you can't base it on your, well, I don't feel, I don't, this isn't real. I don't feel like it's real. That is not the question that was asked. The question that was asked is, what do you want to be? That has nothing to do with feelings. We allow our feelings to muddy the water, yes? It's, mm-hmm. it's not about feeling. It's about, do you want to feel confident? Do you want to be confident? Those are two separate things. Be confident. I think, uh, too, when people talk about, like, raising your vibration or changing your frequency in the polarity, like, um, they, uh, you know, it's speaking in a lot of general terms, but what would you recommend as, like, things that people could do, um, on like a very uh, basic or fundamental level to like raise your vibration or change that frequency thought? What a beautiful question. To raise the vibration is to change to a better feeling thought in the body because each thought is the cause and everything moves, including the thought. It does not stand still and it has its own vibrational signature. So if you are entertaining thoughts that, you know, tighten the chest and tighten the jaw and, lift the shoulders up to the ears, that is a low vibration. 
That's how you know what vibration you're on because the body is your feedback. And that's what the emotions tell you, right? They tell you, hmm, that's making you go down there. Do you want to go down there? So then you answer the question with a yes or a no. And if you want to elevate from there, then you physically have to turn your attention to something else that makes you feel better within your body because that's the feedback mechanism, right? So instead of a, oh, I can't, you lead with a, I'm learning a new way to be. And as soon as you say, I'm learning a new way to be, a new thought comes along that confirms that and says, ah, oh, okay, well then let's practice. You raise your vibration naturally because everything moves. Everything moves and your body responds by way of emotions to tell you what vibration you're on. So it's not, that's why I mean that catchphrase is so popular, raise your vibration. It's not a, a it's the thought. The thought carries its own vibrational signature. Hmm. Each thought does. So if you choose a thought that feels better and I liken it to going to the gym with reps. Mm -hmm. How many thoughts can you think that make your body actually relax and feel good? How many mm. of those can you think? And how many times a day can you do it? Reps. That's what you want. But in actuality, what you are doing is training the mind to have a singular focus, to be polarized in a particular way that always keeps you open for abundance because that's what you're meant to have in the first place but if you practice thinking the low vibrational thoughts you know the ones that tighten the chest and and here's the thing when you draw from a memory when you reminisce about things that have hurt you that is a low vibration that memory that you're recalling and so because you recall that memory you are replanting the seed you are walking in that vibration over and over again because remember, each thought has its own vibrational set point, mm -hmm. right? And so when you do that, what are you open to? All the things that match it. Cause and effect or correspondence. They both do the same thing. So to raise the vibration is to literally, you have to turn yourself away from the thing that is causing you angst in your mind. Because if you think about it, it is the slowest form of torture there is, mm -hmm. but highly effective because you can sit there and replay those thoughts in your mind and deeper and deeper you go, or you can sit there and think of the pleasant things and the higher and higher you go. I think that's one of the, the most, sorry to bump you there. I, I, I think this is one of the most common issues that people face is that, you know, we, we, we have, we get trapped in this sort of negative cycle of, of thinking of thought. And so, so it, it's, it's just introducing that, that higher frequency, introducing that, that, that level up where, so you can attract more of that. Right. I mean, if, if you think of a person and, you know, maybe they'll have 10 negative thoughts and maybe possibly, maybe they'll have one positive thought. I see that. But then something, another phenomenon came out of this. 
I, I think they call it toxic positivity, where people felt that they had to be happy all day long and had to fake that happiness. Now, now that's a that's a beautiful form of torture if you think about it, because you <laughs> you don't actually feel happy all day every day, and that's why I tell people it's not about happy or sad, it's about where. Are you focused in your mind and how long have you been focused there? That is where the result comes from. Not how happy or sad you are. It simply comes yeah, and down you to mentioned, Yeah, go ahead. You know, you mentioned just like earlier too, like an acceptance. Just like if it's raining outside and you like are mad that it's raining. You just, <laughs> there's no reason to be mad. It's just you, you're accepting that it's raining um, and just focusing on things that um, maybe it could be more under over your control. But you know where that comes from? That kind of mentality, you would find that in a person who says, oh, every time I want to do something, something always happens to block me. That's where that will come from. And that's why they are upset with the rain. It's not the rain they're mad at. It's the thought of the old memory that they have that every time they've done something or wanted to do something, there was always an obstacle in the way. And that is why they see the rain as a problem. I mean, in the, if this is this goes to the first, very first principle, which is the the principle of mentalism that the universe is mental. Like, like what what's in your mind is what you're going to experience in your reality. Yes, there's there's really no way around it. And for the people who tell me that I lie and it's not true, I always say, okay, next time you have the desire to go to the grocery store or the desire to go outside. What started that desire? A thought did. <laughs> it's always a thought. You move by way of thought. You create by way of thought. And it's the thought that has the one thought. This is where polarity comes in because you are polarized in a particular dimension or direction, I should say. So for the person who has a history of not having things work out in their lives... They are polarized there. Well, nothing ever works for me. That's their polarization. That's mm -hmm. where they are. That's where all their attention goes. That's where all their energy goes. So this is why as within, so without. So then nothing grows. They will try many things and it always will have an obstacle. Because that is where they're focused. That's the singular thought they project by way of the law of gender day in and day out into the womb of possibility. So they can only get it back. And, you know, the funny thing is, the habit of thinking that way is so obvious, yet it is hidden. The paradox. It only remains hidden if you're not paying attention, but it isn't actually hidden because you're doing it. You can see what you're doing if you are looking at it. I forget the name of the man. The chains of habit are too light to be felt until it is time to change them. Hmm. Mm-hmm. You see, habits make us successful. That's why you learn to tie your shoes and you had to do it over and over and over and over again until that set in. You had to read from left to right. You had to speak. Grammar. All of that is learned behavior. It is a habit that you do. They're all habits, but they make you successful because you can go anywhere and read anything. So you are successful. So if now you've practiced that way, because remember... Zero to seven, right? That's the age where all the information is just being absorbed. You 
and Dr. Bruce Lipton, he calls them programs. Mm-hmm. I say they're habits because it's something that you do. You learn to do it and you do it the same way every time. And there's a reason why habits are beautiful. It's the same way. It's the same reason why a thief will case your house. He's not sitting out there casing your house for any other reason other than to watch your habits. What do you do? That's Mm. why. And he's he's using the law. He is observing. And now he will look for the right cause to bring about his desired effect, which is to take from you. So the cause would be you're not at home and he knows exactly when you won't be at home because he's recognized and memorized your habits. So you see, we are already using these things unconsciously. So to recognize what habit is plaguing you, your your hidden habit will make you say things like, why does this always happen to me? Why do I always date the same type of person? Mm-hmm. Why can't I change? Why? Why me? Why this? That phrase is showing you your hidden habit. And if you would but pay attention to that hidden habit and say, oh, I see you. What do I want instead? Because it has, it has its mate on the other side of polarity. So then you ask yourself, well, if nothing works out for me, you know what? Everything works out for me the way I want it to. That's on the other side. So what are you going to do? The next time you are faced with a task, you say, okay, I'm practicing and I'm learning a new way to be. And I know that habits make me successful. Mm-hmm. That's, that's where you turn yourself to instead of, oh, why me again? You, you already know how that mode of thinking turns out. So you can't look there anymore. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I I mean there's there's a distinct aspect of the the principle of polarity and I, I wanted to know, you know, how how does the concept of duality fit into this? Like I I'm curious about, you know, love versus hate and 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 things like that. How does that play into the nat- the nature the natural law? The natural law. You see because we think There's a duality, but there is not. There's simply one. Love and hate are the same because love, look at how it makes you, look at how the body responds to love, right? See how that vibration feels? Mm -hmm. It's nice. But now, if this person does something to make you upset, the very thought, oh, you you just make me so mad, the vibration begins to change. And you go towards dislike, strong dislike. And the more you ponder what they did to hurt you, you go to a strong dislike, dislike, and all of a sudden you end up at hate. Same person, same relationship, but it's just the thought that you have entertained about the hurt because it moves at a different frequency. So you've moved yourself along polarity from love to strong dislike. You've moved yourself from there. Vibrationally, that's all you've done. And it was only the thought that changed. It was only the thought. The way you think about them has changed. Ponder this for a moment. You're with somebody. Something happens. You change the way you think about them. You don't change the way you felt about them. You change the way you thought about them. 
And the way you think about them has its own signature at how fast or how slow it moves. And that is how you literally move yourself from love to hate. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it shows that they're interconnected and they're sort of this, they're on a, a spectrum, even though that they're, they're opposites, but, but they're also the same in, in vibration. Is that what you're saying? They're the same in nature, meaning that they're strong emotions, love and hate, but they're only opposite because one is on the left and one is mm. on the right. That is, it's called poised opposition because they're facing each other like mm. fencers on guard. Yeah, that's what they're doing, but they're the same. They're not different. It's just, and that's why we get confused with duality. We say left wing, right wing. Come now there's one bird. We say left brain, right brain. There's only one brain, not two one but they are what in poised opposition they're facing each other that's what makes them opposite just their position not their nature so because anyway, is, uh, yeah. i'm so sorry is is there is there a vibration or frequency that you would consider the the, the highest <laughs> the law the law you, itself is the highest. Yes, the law itself. Because the law comes, you see that first phrase in mentalism? The all is mind. Let me simplify that for you. The all is a mind. The all is a mind. It simply thinks. There's no feeling because it doesn't have a body. The mind Thinks. But now, if you look at society, we have the word God, and that comes with its own connotation. You say God to one certain group of people, you say God to another certain group of people, and we're going to have conflict, right? Whereas, if you look at the all, there is no conflict in the all. Not one. So, the all is a mind. It is a thinker. And... I always give the analogy, and if you've been in any of my rooms, you know it, with the little bat and the flower that blooms at night in the forest. Mm -hmm. this, he can't see it, but when he emits his sonar, it reverberates back to him from the petals of that flower, and he's the only animal that eats from that flower, only one. So he pollinates all the others. Now, if you, if you sit and contemplate that for a minute, that is not random, nor is it coincidence. Someone had to think about it to make it work in such a, such a beautiful way. If you, like, that was one of the first questions I asked myself. Who thought of that? Who thought to do it that way? The thinker. The all is mind. That's who thought about it. That's where the laws come from. Because... There's a word that's used when you go back to back through history. It's called gastrulation, mm -hmm. the turning, turning the inside out. Mm -hmm. So the laws, the laws would be the, the guts of the all. When you see the laws, you see the all in part, but you see the all. That's why there's only oneness and, and the duality. The duality is an illusion. It's not two things. It is one thing 
It is one thing, the same nature, just facing each other. They're just positionally opposite, not nature opposite. Does that make a little bit more sense? Mm -hmm. We're getting there, we're getting there. So, <laughs> so, so when we talk, I mean, are there, are there planes of existence that are higher and, and lower? So, um, would something happen on an energetic level first and then, uh, kind of like planting a seed on the astral and then seeing the fruit of that in real life kind of thing? It's always the thought. That's what does it. That's the thought. So if you use the law of correspondence, because you asked about if there's any higher planes, the law of correspondence also tells you as above, so below. We think down here. So there's something or some or others that think up there on a different vibration. You see, when you, vibration works in such a way, it's the light that vibrates, right? So all the other vibrations that match it will come together to take a form, right? So you can, but the thing that makes that happen is the thought. It always starts with a projected thought. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what plane of existence you are on. And we know there are others because of the law of correspondence as above, so below. So that means we are above and something is below us. We are in the middle. Something is above us. It's relative, not absolute. This is why we have, like I said, there's other dimensions or vibrations that are lower than we are. And there are other vibrations that are higher than we are. And so when you understand that things that are the same vibrational frequency, they will come into contact with each other. You will intersect with them. You will, you will communicate with them because they're the same. But if it's not the same, it's not easy to cross that barrier unless you have practiced the art of raising and or lowering the vibration to cross through to another vibration. Mm -hmm. And that takes discipline to be able to hold your thought your singular thought in a particular direction to polarize it, to just to lean on the left or to lean on the right. You're just polarizing yourself for hmm. the vibration. I don't know if that makes sense, but so, ask so, I mean, and we'll dissect it. <laughs> so this, this uh, principle of vibration, it's, it says that everything in the universe is a state of vibra vibration or motion. And mm -hmm. that, these these vibrations correspond to different states of matter. So how does that relate to the other aspects of like like love and hate? Um, how does how does the, the vibration of some like is there a frequency at which something resonates and vibrates? You mean like a time signature? Like you know how you have the five twenty eight hertz, sure. the Schumann resonance. Yeah, these ones were these ones are measured, right? So because they're measured, like solfeggio, I think that's what they're called. Mm -hmm. um, the harmonics from oh dear lord, Pythagoras. He was the one who who learned it and put it together so that we could understand it. But yes, they have their own time signature, and love and hate. We wanna. 
it is more along the line of what you think about the person you are with. What do you think about them? Then that will tell you what rate you're moving at. Your body will tell you what rate you're moving at because it will respond based upon that thought, how you how you think about them. And you, if you sit and you think about them and you go, ah, I really do love them. I love the way they make me laugh. And, you know, we're so in tune. We're so in sync. That's a high vibration. And if you walk around with that memory and you live from that memory, you are open to good things because that that thought has its own signature of allowing things that match it to come. But if you are thinking about an ex that you divorced and you're paying alimony and you're paying child support and you're mad and you're cussing them out all the time, well, what vibration do you think you're on? So how can quote unquote, the good things come into your life. How can you catch a break if you have not let up on the argument you're having in your head? That thought, it is only the thought that you are thinking about the person that you are with that will tell you whether you, quote unquote, love them, like them, or hate them. It is simply the thought, nothing else. Does that make more sense? It all originates from the thought that you have in your mind. Like that, that's where it comes from. Because the universe is a mental creation. It's the thought. It's how you think about a thing. So if you have a memory, uh, for, I'll give you mine because I can only speak from my experiences. Sure. My grandfather, when I stop and think of him, like if the title of God had not been bestowed upon someone already, I would have given it to him. I guess in my eyes, he was a God. He was, he came through turmoil in his life. And I always asked him, I said, why, why, why didn't you end up like the guy on the corner? And he would always tap his temple and tell me, it's the mind of a man that determines whether he fails or succeeds. And I was like, say what now? That didn't make any sense to me as a wee girl. It didn't make any sense. But I've never forgotten it. I've always remembered what he said. And I've never, you see, his hardship was such that he never really, he got his basic education, but he had to leave school at the age of eight so he could work. He could pick cotton and cut sugarcane at the age of eight. Hmm. And he became, if you go through our old neighborhood, if anybody around is still in that age bracket, they know him because he had a reputation for being the fastest cane cutter there was. The only thing that could outdo him was the machine when it came about. And I always asked him, how did you do that? He said, well, look at it and set your mind to the task and don't stop till you're done. And when you feel like quitting, look ahead of you and see that you're almost done. And it, you just keep your focus one stalk at a time. Cut the root, hold it in your hand, cut the top, throw it to the, to the, the bin. Cut the root, cut the stalk, throw it to the bin. That's the only thing you think of. And that's what he told me. He's like, it's not about what you did or what you still have left. It's like one at a time. Cut. You can only cut one stalk at a time. And that's where you cut. If you keep your focus on that, you'll finish. That's what he taught me. And so now that I have an understanding of if you are dealing with a particular situation that you want to change, keep doing the new action every time. If you hate clutter, and you see it around you, 
it actually makes you mad when you see it. So what are you going to do? Are you going to get mad every time you see it or do you want to change it? So if you want to change it, the same energy, keep that same energy. You pick up that piece of paper, you put it in its rightful place. You pick up the next piece, you put that in its place. You pick up the next piece and you put that in its place. It's not a matter of, oh, I can't, I don't feel like it. No, you want the irritant to go away. So banish the irritant clutter by doing the other side of polarity, cleanliness. And that's where you polarize yourself towards cleanliness. And so now once you develop the habit of now you won't even make clutter anymore. See, that's that's how you do it in real world time. It's these little things that we do. And little things accumulate, right? Little things accumulate and then we end up with a big thing. So you see, that's how it works. Does that make sense? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it makes perfect sense. Nashra, what do you think, bro? I have a question. Um, a lot of people, I think everybody could speak on this, but just uh, a feeling in your gut or a physical intuition that you have. So it would be like, uh, I mean, we've talked a lot about mental thoughts coming and then uh, that cause and effect of happening. But how does intuition play into like mentalism and cause and effect? Intuition to me is, I want to, just give me a moment. Let me get the words for you. It is something higher than you or I. And in certain situations where you you can't see it, but it is a detriment to you. People call it angels too, right? Sometimes you say, oh, my guy told me this and I felt it in my gut, my intuition, and I didn't do it. And like the one guy, he was supposed to go to choir practice and he got delayed. Everybody who was supposed to go to choir, choir practice got delayed. And you know what happened? An explosion, a gas leak happened and the bell dropped mm, on wow. the church. So you see, something has to... Intuition is something of a very high vibration that you cannot miss it when it happens. And you get the thought, oh, I should not do that or I should do this. You see what you get? You get a thought of what you should do or mm -hmm. should not do. So intuition is a very, very powerful vibration that comes in because it's there. We know that there's something bigger than we are. And so that vibration kind of, in a way, like, overpowers you to get your attention so that you don't do or do this does that make sense yes yes so so angela let me pose this to you okay so let's say i i i want to change my life like i, I want to yes. study these principles and i and i want to see a difference in in my reality in my world immediately and i say to you angela like what what do i need to do what do i need to do to to affect my life in in a way where i see immediate change well, you start with the one that nags you the most. You start with the most obvious pebble in your shoe. The one that annoys you the most, that's where you start. And you ask, when you see it, you ask yourself, okay, so what do I want to do instead? Because it's going to be on the other side of polarity. It has its, it has its positional opposite, yes? Mm -hmm. So if you say, um, what would you like to change? 
what would you like to change? There's something. So if you don't want to procrastinate anymore, procrastination is, oh, I just, I just don't want to do this. You know, I, I don't, I'll just, I'll put it off till tomorrow. You're doing that based on something you feel. You're not doing it. You procrastinate because you feel a particular way, as opposed to saying to yourself, look, it is best for me to accomplish my tasks. So every time I have a task, I'm going to start it and I will follow through and I will finish it. This is how you eliminate procrastination by recognizing, okay, that's a feeling back there. I don't want to. I don't feel like it. But what is best for you? The thing that is best for you is to do it. I have a project right now, a narration project. And (sighs) he had a subtle nuance. I finished the entire book and it was all uploaded. And he goes, yeah, there's just one thing that I don't like. And I'm like, you didn't, you didn't think that was necessary to tell me it in chapter one because I'm very consistent (laughs) you let me do all 30 chapters Mm -hmm. and now you're gonna tell me so I've got to burn my saddle with that one because it's just a semantic versus she went to the car and she said or she went to the car and she said it's just a semantic to what is pleasing to his ear so now I have to go back and do it now (laughs) that's what I mean I don't feel like it It makes me upset that all 30 of them were accepted, but not once did he say anything from chapter one, not even in the 15 minutes. It's all consistent. So what do you do? You get it done. You do it. And how do you do it? One sentence at a time. That's it. This is how you change. You have to commit to the change because you want to. You want to better yourself. Right. Because remember what the law of correspondence tells you as within, so without. So if you say. This is where I'm learning to be now and I'm going to do it this way. If I have a project. I'm going to pick a day for that project. How I do mine is if, if, I, if it's a 10 hour project, I will do. Five hours in two days. And I can finish the project or depending on my load, I can do two hours and take five days. But either way, I have set the outcome. So you set the outcome for the particular task at hand. And you start and you follow through. If you say, I'm going to the gym, why do you want to go to the gym? Are you going to the gym because somebody says, girl, you need to lose a few pounds. (laughs) Oh man, you need to, you need to, yeah, bulk up a little bit. Is that why you're going or are you going because you actually want to go? Because if you go because you're being made fun of or, you know, some people are very good at channeling that anger and that frustration they feel to go to the gym and they they go right and they'll beef up, but they're using their anger, which can be exhausting. But if you say, listen, I want this healthy lifestyle for my betterment. And you have an image in your mind of what health looks like, you will take the first step by deciding health is what you want. And funnily enough, what you eat will change because you'll be drawn to the things that match. Why? As within, so without. 
So it doesn't matter what change you want to make. So long as you decide, you know what, this is the change. I'm going to do this. I'm going to become this. Then there's different, just small action steps you take throughout the day towards becoming what you want to become. It doesn't matter how long it takes. You are alive. So you keep doing it. <laughs> because once it becomes your new habit, you don't stop doing it, do you? You continue to do it. You don't start, stop. You just do it. But that's where now disciplining the mind to stay in that place. We are doing this. But then the old habit comes back and says, yeah, but you know, you tried this before and that didn't really work. Oh, we should just stop now. That's what happens to us. And we give in, depending on what kind of day it is. We give in to that. Yeah, we're just going to take a break. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Because a habit, a habit can either be a beast or it can be a pet. The beast must be fed. This is why you have to get the hit for the habit. All habits are like that. You must fulfill them. So it's either this habit that you created is a good thing for you or it's a detriment. So this is why when you say, okay, I'm going to do this thing and that'll be my new way of being. That's a good habit. Then do it because you're going to be successful at it. But if you choose something to practice over and over and over again, that is a detriment. <laughs> Well, then you're going to have the opposite result, which is a life of hardship because the habit must be fulfilled. There's no way around that. As within, so without. It is law. So, Angela, <laughs> if, we could, if we can go back a little bit and, and talk yep. about Hermes and, you know, why, why would he give this to people? Like, why, why put this out there? Are these the secrets of the universe or this, is this something that, that, that everything obeys, how, how does it work? Yes, everything that is created obeys these laws. Everything. And the reason why he gave them was so that mankind could elevate themselves from beast to human. Not on an evolutionary scale where like we, we were animals. No, but the animalistic mentality of, oh, I'll take from you so I can have. What he's telling you with these laws is there's no need for jealousy because we all have the same potential. We can all think and we can all speak, which means we can all create the life that we want for ourselves. There's never a reason why I should have to beat you for your sneakers. There's no reason why I should have to steal your car. There's no reason. Because I can do it for myself. I can acquire anything I want for myself by simply using my mental capacity. And that's why he taught them so that we could live a beautiful life as opposed to one where we self-torture. Because you, you've got that same particular thought running around in your head and you can't break it. And it's a habit. It's a cycle. And you must do it. And so that's... Because he taught these principles to the early Egyptians, that's why they elevated themselves beyond anything we can even figure out. Mm -hmm. Because we vibrationally were much lower than they were. Right. Only because they practiced these principles day in and day out. And the thing is, they were never just taught to the average person. 
You actually had to have a curiosity and wanted to become better or else what ends up happening is the popular aphorism is throwing pearls before a swine. Right. If someone, you know, that's why he says the, oh, where's my, my cabalion? Oh, it's over there. <laughs> the, the lips are sealed. Right? The lips are sealed unless the ear is open. That's willing to hear it. When the teacher is ready, the student appears. That's the popular one. That's why it was taught so that we could be better. Because if you're running around and you don't know these laws, it doesn't mean the laws aren't working. It means you're at the mercy of them. Mm -hmm. But if you use them, now you become master of self. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, you know, everything, everything has this correspondence. And the laws are working whether we realize them or not. But agreed. But when we when we start to harness these principles, we can gain more control, more connection with our lives. Yes. Because they constantly elevate you. Constantly. Because you're always you're always it's the love rhythm. You're always in either an ebb or you're in a flow. Right? The ebb is the time to learn, to absorb. The flow is to practice and to rehearse. And so the more, I remember to, like earlier you said, um, if I haven't changed the weather yet, all in due time. <laughs> it's, it's practice. It is possible. But it's just not something that is advertised. You, you keep that to yourself. It's nothing that you, you share with people because it wouldn't be good. But there allegedly is a man in, oh, I forget where he is. But he is, the government will call on him to make it rain or not. He's there, allegedly. I've read the story, but I don't have that. I'm not like a Matthew Lacroix where I go out and I find these people or like a Billy Carson. They really do that ground research and they look for the evidence on the cuneiform and in the cuneiform on the Sumerian tablets. That's what they do because it's there. Me, I just use the law. Mm -hmm. Right. But these things are possible if you learn how to get yourself in that state, that pole, the polarity. You can make anything happen. You, they call it uh, controlling gross matter in the Kabbalion. Mm -hmm. right? and, and it goes with the, the correspondence between the macrocosm, which is the universe, and then the microcosm, which would be the individual. As above? So below. Right? This is now here. Let me put it this way. This is where people get things confused with the law of gender. Because when you say masculine, feminine, they think, oh, masculine is man, feminine is woman. Not so. Masculine and feminine are above. Those are the principles used for creation, the seed that is planted into the womb of creation, the womb. That is above. But to see it, you have to have the male and the female. And that is procreation. So if you understand procreation, you will then understand creation because then you have to have a seed thought that you plant into the womb of your mind and to have it generate. And it has to gestate. It takes time. And you will see that. So 
that's how you'll know. But people, when, when you say masculine, feminine, a lot of people think, oh, that's man, woman. No, the man, woman is the below. Masculine, feminine is the above. Hmm. As within, so without, right? So the way a woman moves or the way a woman talks, we equate that to being feminine. When in actuality, it's just womanly. So Angela, how does it, how does the principle of um, rhythm play in that that everything moves in cycles? It moves in cycles because it swings between polarity. So the vibration changes. The vibration of summer moves faster because mm. it's hot. Mm-hmm. And in winter, it is cold. It slows itself down. So physically, you can see the vibration is slower. And so with rhythm comes predictability. Right? The rhythm. You you know exactly when it's going to happen. That's why it tells you there aren't any surprises. There's no chance. There's no luck. There's simply rhythm. And that's where the law of probability comes out from and the law of compensation. So however hard you swing to the left is how you have to swing to the right to match. Mm. And there's always a counterbalance because mm. you've got two poles. Mm-hmm. So if you learn the art of countering, which is using one, use the higher law against the lower law. You can't break any of them. Mm-hmm. But if you put your mind towards, let's say, health, and that's where you are, you're just focused on, you know, I am healthy and I eat well and I enjoy life. You're focused on health. You will continually bring health to you. And your friends will be like, what, what are you, ageless? Mm-hmm. All you've done is countered rhythm, which is youth and elder. That's all you've done. So, so Angela, so are you saying that that if I deeply, intensely uh, love someone or generate this vibration of pure love, that it will have an automatic correspondence at some point in reality? Yes. Because you have to see what you're doing. It has to go from invisible to visible. So you have to see what you're doing. So it is only a matter of polarity that will make you see it. So however long you've held that thing with any kind of intensity, you're passionate about it. You'll see it on the outside because it has to show you what you are doing. It's just like you sprout the seed. You have to see which plant you planted. But we get, I don't even want, and that's not even true. We don't get complacent and we don't get lazy. You know why? Because as I told you before, the habit must be fed. The habit must be fed. So you're going to have to act it out sooner or later. So to do the new thing will take mental effort because you've got to talk yourself into doing it. If you say, oh, I can't get out of bed today. I don't want to eat. I don't want to bathe. I don't want to do anything. I don't feel like it. Just leave me alone. I'll stay here in the dark. You didn't just do that one day. You didn't do it two days. You didn't do it three days. You didn't do it four days. You've been doing it for weeks and months on end. It is a habit. So what do you do? You make a decision. Do I want to stay in this darkened state? No. Well, I will get up and I will physically turn on the light. As soon as you do that action, because you did the thought, you say, hmm, all right, I'm a, I feel like eating. Yeah, and I'll go and I'll eat and I'll bathe and I'll brush my teeth. Now do it again tomorrow. 
Get up and turn on the light. Eat and bathe. Get up and do it again on the third day. And then the fourth day comes around and it says to you, oh, but isn't your bed so warm? Isn't it so comfortable? You know, you know, you want to stay here. <laughs> look, at, look at, look at how far we've come. You now get the choice to say, uh, it was good while it lasted, but life is over here and I'm going to live it. And you get up again and you will have another day where you are faced with, hmm, are you sure? And the more you do the thing that you want to become, the sooner you will become it and you will leave the other stuff behind. But you cannot give into it anymore. You cannot, even when it wants to seduce you, you cannot because the habit must be fed. Hmm. So if you continually feed it, the stronger it becomes. Feed me, Seymour. We've all seen it. A little shop of horrors. <laughs> That's what happens to it. And it becomes this big thing. And then what happens? You feel overwhelmed and you can't go on. Then in actuality, all you've done was fed the old habit. And all that means all you have to do is follow through with the new way of doing it in spite of how tempting it is to go back because you're familiar with it. Familiarity breeds contempt. Remember that. It's familiar. It's easy. But you don't want that anymore for you. You want to enjoy life. You want to move forward. You want to expand. You, you want to be better than make that choice. It's not a hard choice. It's a mental one where you say, okay, get up and turn on the light. Get up and eat. Get up and bake. That's do it. Every time the person who lost their ability to walk due to an, an accident and they want to walk, when they go to rehab, every day they have to get up and do what? Oh, it doesn't feel good. I see some of these videos and I'm just like, oh, God. But then when you see where they came from and how they got themselves back, all they did was get up every morning and put left in front of right. Left in front of right until they had to turn around and do it again. Turn around and do it again. That's what you get to do. And so once you do it, go ahead. It starts with a seed. It starts with the thought in your mind. And then you you feed that thought. You and it, it either continues or you change it. You you change you change through your action, like the, the action that you take. Yes. Because thought makes you speak, and speaking makes you act. It's one motion, but it looks like three things. Thought will make you speak, and then when you speak, it is a command. So you follow the command and do what you said you were going to do. That's, that's what it does. So you see, you want to change. Neville Goddard put it so lovely when he said the desire to change must be stronger than the desire to change the same. That's why someone will get up one day and go, damn it, I'm done. I've had enough. And they change their whole lives. And it was just that one moment. Because you know why? The frustration of being where they were pushed them like a little nitrous oxide boost. Mm -hmm. So they could pivot to go the other way. Mm -hmm. Right? They needed that push that force and that's why you can't make somebody change it has to come from within them as within so without we live them every day 
Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, it, I'm I'm trying I'm trying I'm trying harder and harder to get it. Ashra, what's what's on your mind, man? You're you're quiet back there. I'm curious um, into how the knowledge was acquired and put together. Uh, one of the things that I keep thinking about in this discussion is the book uh, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, mm. where he interviews the most in like billionaires, the most successful people in the world and for years. And then he takes that knowledge and comes up with essentially principles to be successful. You know, it's how how much you apply those to your life. But I'm, I'm just curious in uh, how this information was acquired and put together in the first place. Um, it was acquired by Thoth or Thoth at the time. He was summoned by the nine and they said to him, OK, write these things down. And he wrote them down and he taught them to people. He taught, he wrote down the actual process of creation. It starts with a thought and whatever thought is on the inside, you must see on the outside, but everything moves. Every thought moves. And this is how he taught it. He taught it to people. And so the Bible, the Quran, the Torah, uh, any other holy book you can think of all have the exact same essence. They took from what he wrote down to uh, emulate in their own books. So if you if you watch any millionaire, this is what Napoleon Hill did. It, he observed the law of mentalism in action. All of these men did something. They had a thought. Robert Milliken, he had a thought as well. He grew up poor. And he said one day, he says, no, 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 no. It's not one day. He said, I am. And then he said to himself, because he watched what wealthy people do, they don't think that they cannot accomplish. They don't think that. They know that they can. They tell themselves that they can. That is the law of mentalism. They, that's the inner conversation they have with themselves. And so that's why if you observe the person who is, quote unquote, at the top, if you look at a man like, uh, mm, I'm Elon saying I'm saying Musk. Mike Tyson. Elon. Well, look at how his thought process goes. He thinks, okay, I can do this. This is what I see, and he he sees vividly. He sees vivid images, and so that's what he does. He emulates what he sees in his head. What is that? Correspondence, as within, so without. But he has the ability to generate his own idea, which is the law of gender. So you see, it doesn't matter who you watch, and this is why Neville said, "Don't get jealous of anybody." If you want to watch somebody, watch how they think. David Goggins, <laughs> to name a few, right? Mm -hmm. He looked at a situation and said, oh, I don't want to be that. I want to be this. And sure. he got up every day and he did what he wanted to become. It's the law of mentalism every time. And the difference between them and the quote unquote unsuccessful is discipline. They have learned the art of holding a singular thought and following through till it was done. Now they use more, they, cause you know how that saying came about, you know, you, you got to work hard, right? They use the principle will work either way. If you think you have to put in blood, sweat and tears, you will put in blood, sweat and tears. But if you recognize the law and you say, okay, here's what I want. This is the picture that I see. This is what I want. Okay. 
it's mine. I, I know that I can accomplish that. and I know that I have accomplished it. It's mine. You start to get ideas. Like, for instance, the one guy in my room the other morning, he said to me, Angela, why don't you copy and paste your transcripts and write your book? Now, I still have to write the book. But look at how easy it had become. Copy and paste. And now I just edit because all the information is written for me already because I've already said it. So it's not that you have to work hard. It's that you have to know what you want. And the way becomes visible for you because there's 8 billion of us. And somebody's going to come along and say something to you to make it easier for you. Because you'll get the idea. That's what it is. Nikola Tesla did it all the time. He saw what he wanted to build and he worked all the kinks out in his mind so that when he built it, it was done. He so Angela, I thought, uh, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry to interrupt you again. Um, I thought, I thought we would go for about, I'm just a, just a short time check. Cause I mean, we've been going for about 80 minutes. We have to, well, let's keep it right at 90. We'll go for 10 more minutes. And if you can wrap this together for me in a way that I can understand better, because you know, like I, I read the laws and I, there's a part of me that understands it, but I'm still not sure how to put it into action. Like how, how do I take my understanding of this principle of the rhythm of principle of cause and effect principle of vibration? How can I, how can I take that into my life and do something with it? I'm sorry if it's a basic question. No, it's not a basic question. The laws are simple, right? But what makes them easy is to do it. So if you say, how do I, how do I use the law of mentalism? Well, I think, what, what kind of thoughts do I want to think? And you decide what thoughts you want to think. I want to think thoughts that, you know, like, are going to make me successful, are going to give me ideas. I want to think creative thoughts. You tell yourself what you're going to think. And that's how you practice, by telling yourself what you're going to do. You have to implement the law. You, if you read it and you say, well, I don't understand the ebb and flow. Yes, you do. You go to sleep every night. That is the ebb. You rest. The flow is when you get up and you do something. But what are you going to do? You do what you thought about. That's how you use the law. Remember, there's only the one, the law of mentalism. But the others tell you how it works. So if you want to change something, decide. Step one, what do I want? Step two, can you see it? Can you feel it? Today you, you know, like you, you say, okay, yes, I want to do this. And if that means you have to write it down, then write it down so you see it better. But then you follow through with doing the law. When you say, what am I going to think about? You decide what you want to think about. You want, Decide where you will put your focus. That's all you do. Decide where you're going to put that thought and how long you're going to have that thought. Because the longer you have that thought, it will cause you to do something. Before I went to bed, I said, okay, I want to build my schedule. And so, because I know I'm consistent Monday to Friday, but now let's expand on Monday. Let's expand on Tuesday. And I started to fill in the blanks because the ideas came. I said, oh, that's a great idea. I can do this here and I'll do that there because I, I did what? I made a decision. I chose the kind of thoughts I wanted. I want to be more creative. So here's my schedule now. What can I add in here to bring the law to a bigger audience? That was the only question I asked myself. 
Mm-hmm. And then the answers came. You ask, you receive. You say, oh, that song is stuck in my head. What is it? And then in minutes or a day or so, you have the name of the song. It is the same principle. You decide what kind of thoughts. It's not about feeling happy. It's not about feeling sad. It's not about feelings. It's about where do you want your thought? You know what? I'm growing my brand. Okay. How can I bring, what, what do I need to do to bring this brand to more people? And you sit there in quiet contemplation because it's a thought. And then you tell yourself, okay, we're going to have these idea thoughts of bringing this brand to more people and you will get them. They will pour out of you, but you just have to sit there. And once they come to you, now you follow through with the first one on the list and the second one and the third to your list is done. And when that task, that sheet that you have is accomplished, you go back and you say, okay, who we got that done. So it's, it's a list. It's a checklist that I'm, yeah. it's a checklist that I'm, that I'm using within myself where it starts with this seed in my mind and then it requires an action that I, I must maintain or, or repeat and, and, and then perhaps even a vibration that I need to emit, a frequency that I need to, to put out and, and then, and then reality will respond. Yes, but you don't have to change the vibration. The thought that you think is vibrating at a particular frequency already. All the, you need to do seed, is change the, the thought. The actual thought. Yes, change because it is already everything moves. So you don't have to change your vibration. You have to change the thought. The thought has a vibration. So if you change the thought and that thought frees up the body, because you'll know how it feels. It, when you are doing what you love, that's why they tell you, do what you love and it's not work. When you're doing what you love to do, you just always think about other ways of doing more of what you love. That is the highest vibration. And then what happens? You get the opportunity to do what you love more and more. You don't have to change the vibration. You have to change the thought. Sometimes, Angela, like when, when I put the intention out for something, um, I'll find that through the, the law of attraction or the law of something that, that that will manifest, an opportunity will manifest based on that idea. Like it, it, depending on how large the idea is, the longer it takes for, the, for reality to match that that frequency does it make sense yes it does it's it's the amount of time you focus on it polarity it's the amount of time you hold that attention without being distracted that makes it show up faster because it's not about big or small it's about where are you focused and how long are you focused there to bring about from inside to outside as within so without so so what I'm go sorry, ahead. go ahead, go ahead. No, please finish. No, you, um, what I was going to say was, this is why there's such confusion about raising and lowering vibrations and, and law of attraction. Because we don't understand that it is simply the thought. Because the thought vibrates itself. It's not big or small. Because now that is a limitation. Oh, this is too big. I can't do that. I got to take baby steps. No. You have to know what you want. And that's the thought. That's where it is. The thought. 
and you will know exactly what action steps to take as within, so without. That's so, why you can't separate the laws. So, so let's, let's wrap this all together. I mean, mm -hmm. how, I mean, how, how can we wrap these laws? Um, you know, Hermes was definitely an interesting figure in, in history and, uh, full of mystery. Like, uh, it's very intriguing that he would do this. He would create these laws and then g give this this concept of of God and the divine to human beings, humans, so that they can reach this sort of higher plane, this higher level of understanding of of reality and existence. So, so if we can wrap it all together, I mean, can, is that how how would you do that? How would I do that? I would tell you. If you do the law of mentalism, if you practice what kinds of thoughts you're going to have, you have used all seven laws. You okay. don't need to worry about them. They happen. You just have to direct it by way of your thought. So when you speak to yourself and you say, I am doing this, do it. The body will comply. You have used all the laws. Just make sure that that thought is on Point. Do not waste time complaining because those are thoughts and you get more of them and more of those experiences. So what life do you want to experience? That's where you put your thoughts because all the other laws fall into place. Okay, well said. Angela, I, I truly deeply appreciate your time and your understanding and your wisdom. And, you know, there there was... Uh, there was there was a lot that I gained, uh, and from this from this interview and understanding the laws a little bit better, um, you know, it, it it it's still it's still a mystery. I still <laughs> I still feel like I still feel like I need more much more learning. But um, you know, where can like I mean, we need to wrap this up. So where can, where can people find your work? Um, I know I know you're on Twitter. Uh, do you have a website? I do. Positivelyangela.com. Okay. Astral, Astral, do you have any final thoughts? Oh, I enjoyed the talk. I'm uh, I'm recording a music album right now, and I feel like everything that we talked about <laughs> can, can help me uh, accomplish that goal. So, Angela, I appreciate the talk. Thank you 